to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, Larry and Krista, and the whole KC City Church here today. Excuse my croakiness. I, um, one of the challenges of traveling all over the world is that you pick up all sorts of little bugs and lurgies everywhere, and uh, I just got smashed on Friday, and uh, had to cancel a lot of meetings yesterday, but I wanted to be here this morning, because I believe this morning God wants to bring breakthroughs, and I love to be part of breakthroughs. Heather and I do live locally, which is really great. It's good, and uh, I wasn't able to this year, but we've been able to meet with all the Brazilian players and uh, be part of what's going on in previous years. Uh, I have the privilege of leading an international network of pastors and leaders globally. We're in 23 countries at the moment. We have five or 600 churches. And a lot of my time is spent mentoring, encouraging, and leading our national leaders in each of those countries. And then through that, we have a lot of churches and uh, pastors that uh, we're able to serve. I also get to travel around the world and preach and pray for people. And one of the things I found is God's the same God in every country. I'll try it again. Maybe you didn't hear. God's the same God in every country. And you know, God wants to be the same God here in Casey. He's the same miracle-working God. Just the last three weeks, Heather and I were in England, and then I was ministering in Switzerland, and then I was ministering in Singapore. Then I came home so I could be with Casey City Church. And all the time we're traveling, we see God at work. We see miracles. We hear and receive testimonies of all that God's doing. You see, God is wanting to change lives. God's into changing lives. God's not into making you happy. Let, let me dispel that little theological misthought. Mis- See, God isn't really that worried about making you happy. I'm not getting any hallelujahs. See, a lot of, a lot of even Christians think, well, if I do this or do that, you know, maybe I'll find happiness. But the Bible doesn't tell me that God sent his son Jesus to make us happy. He sent his son Jesus to save us from our sin and to bring us into relationship with God. And if we allow that to happen, guess what? You'll be happy. So we don't pursue happiness, we pursue God, and in the pursuit of God, we find happiness. I hope somebody will say amen. Amen. And so uh, I I get to travel and preach sometimes to huge crowds of thousands and thousands, sometimes just 10 or 15 in a little building somewhere. But I find that God is the same God wherever I go. His heart is to save people, to heal people, to set the captives free to bring about breakthrough, to bring about liberty. I'm going to keep going until somebody gets excited. To, to bring about wholeness and health and deliverance. That's why he came. Jesus came to set the captives free. And so whatever might be holding you in, Jesus came to set you free from it. Whether you've never given your life to Jesus or you gave your life to Jesus 30 years ago, Jesus wants to keep you free. He wants you to walk in a freedom and a liberty and a joy and a peace and a hope and a faith. Hallelujah. And so uh, we get to do a lot of work in Africa. Uh, I have the privilege of working with leaders in 12 countries in Africa alone. And uh, we have all sorts of programs going on there, not just church, but we have what we call community transformation initiatives. And I know Casey City Church is very big on, on community transformation. So I'm sharing that out there. We do that in Africa as well as India, Myanmar, Nepal, Pakistan, and throughout Europe as well. Because, you know, how, how many of you know that Europe is darker than Africa these days. Some people say, oh, do you go to darkest Africa? I say, no, I go to light Africa and dark Europe. 
because it's a lot darker in Europe spiritually. Africa now, we have to understand Africa and South America and China are becoming the epicenters of Christianity, not the West. It's shifting completely. Now, that doesn't mean God stopped loving the West. He still loves you. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Some of you look like you don't believe it, but that's fine. But uh, really, there's a big shift because now they estimate over 70% of Africa is, is Christian, which is an incredible, credible thing. And uh, so we know that uh, God needs to move in lots of other places. So, so I have the privilege of seeing God move. I was preaching in South Africa just a few weeks ago. Uh, Heather and I are part of a church you may have heard of called Planet Shakers. And uh, I get to speak at different campuses for them, plus do a lot of other stuff around the world. And uh, I was speaking there, and it was interesting. Before I preached, I had a lot of words of knowledge in one of the meetings. And uh, a woman came to the front on one of those words of knowledge, the first one. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, as she was walking to the front, I got the testimony about a week later. I was in another country preaching by then. As she was walking to the front, God healed her. Now, obviously, she was more excited than you just were there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But she got healed coming to the front. So then, thank you. I like it spontaneous, but it's okay second time around. But uh, so she went back to her seat totally healed. But it was her first time ever in a Christian church. I made an altar call at the end of my preaching. She was the first one. She literally ran to the front to give her life to Jesus. Turns out that she was a Muslim. First time she'd been in a Christian church. And what happened? God healed her and then he saved her. And you know, we knew she was saved because apparently the pastor told me that after she gave her life to Jesus, one of the first questions was, how do I tithe? How many of you have heard of tithing? About eight of you, okay. That's good. So you know when God touches your heart, he touches your wallet. And when someone's concerned about what happens with their wallet, you know they really wanted to serve the Lord. And now she's almost leading an, uh, what they call urban life, life group, cell group, whatever you call it. Uh, she's now leading or wanting to lead one of those. So she's, she's on fire for God. So that's the sort of testimony we get. Sometimes we have 100, 200 people saved in a meeting. I don't hear all the testimonies. But God's doing great things. And I do believe God wants to do stuff in Melbourne. I'll try it over here. I do believe God wants to do stuff in Melbourne. Amen. Hallelujah. And I, I'm convinced that uh, he's a miracle God and that he's, he's uh, not in any way limited by the culture or by the nation, or by the people. He can do miracles everywhere, all the time, with anybody he wants. Hallelujah. And so I, I want to encourage you this morning. Oh, we, we have some resources over on that table. You might be able to see just over on my left as you exit. We've got some USBs and literature and so on. But we also have a number of items that we sell to raise money for our missions work in Kenya. Uh, I, I was in, where was I this year? A couple of weeks, about six weeks ago, I was in Ghana in West Africa. And just seeing what God's doing there, we brought leaders from five nations into Ghana. And uh, we had incredible time, live streamed it, apparently dozens of countries around the world watching, all sorts of exciting things. God's moving powerfully, but always in Africa, the biggest need is finance and uh, supplies and education. And so we, we raise lots of money, do all sorts of stuff over there. We have microfinance uh, uh, situation that we've, we've set up where we've helped up to now 500 people start their own businesses. 
So we bring them not out of poverty just by giving them stuff, but we empower them to actually start their own businesses and then employ people. So that, that sort of spills out. In fact, I was in, uh, I was in Kenya somewhere. I, I never remember where I am because I'm always going somewhere. So it's really good to be here in Switzerland this morning. <laughs> I actually did do that. I was preaching in Switzerland, Germany a couple of years ago, going back and forth the border, one, one meet and then across, then back. And I totally forgot where I was. And Heather was with me. And I, I said, well, it's really good to be in Switzerland. She's going on the front. No, Germany, Germany. We were actually back in Germany, so i got to get confused. And then I'll say something like, oh, just, just a few weeks ago, and after I preached at the end of the meeting, Heather will come and say, that was 1967. <laughs> so I kind of lose track of time and, and so on. But um, uh, I was in Kenya, in East Africa, and uh, all sorts of wonderful stuff happening. And uh, they got a group of people together, about 50 men and women, and they wanted to thank me and our ministry for what we're doing, helping them to start businesses, and there were Muslims there, Muslim women, that we have helped to start their own businesses, and of course, this has drawn them to Jesus, and through them, the husbands have come, and the children, and so we're seeing lots of people saved in this way, just by helping them to come out of poverty, not just to bless them as white people, but to say, how can we help you to begin to sustain yourself, and make life viable for yourself, and so we, one of our programs is that we do that. We have clean water programs and all sorts of other stuff going on. But I want to share with you this morning, our time's going quickly, but uh, we have to be out of here by 2 o'clock. Um, <clears throat> that's got some of you praying now. Praying, oh God, help him finish sooner. But I want to talk about breakthrough. I, I, I mentioned that to Larry the other day when we were in touch. I want to talk because many churches and leaders I work with globally we're in a time of major transition. I, I want you to understand there is a transition happening in the kingdom of God. There is something going on, and we need to be aware of that. We need to be on the cusp of it. I don't want to follow transition. I want to be on the cusp of transition. I want to be on the front of transition. I want to be where Father's wanting us to go. And something is stirring. I nearly shared a word about that, just called a stirring. There's something stirring in the church, in the kingdom, globally. I'm sure you're aware of that in the natural that there's a huge stirring. There's chaos in just about every country at the moment. There are, there's riots, there's upsets, there's all sorts of marches, there's anger, there's all sorts of things going on. Well, you know, often the natural just parallels the spiritual. And something's happening in the spiritual, and I, wa- I want you to be aware of that, because as you come to the end of this year, and there's still a lot of stuff to do, I know, and move into another year, I, I want to really challenge you, don't just fall into another year. Don't just step over into another year and say, oh, well, it's now 2020. It's another decade. I want you to understand, Father's at work. Something's happening, and he wants you to partner with him. He wants you to be part of it. He wants you to walk with him in that. I believe that Father wants us to break through to new places in our lives and in our churches. I was listening to something Larry said there about just being on the edge, wanting wanting to see something happen. And I believe even for Casey City Church, there's something that Father wants you to break through. There's something that he wants you to break through, not just from, but into. Could somebody say amen? Amen. The better you shout, the better I'll preach, probably. (laughs) But there's there's something happening, and even as I was praying for your church this week, I felt like Father saying, what you're doing is great. You kind of punch above your weight in many ways. But there's areas of breakthrough that he wants to take you to. There's areas of breakthrough. He actually wants to surprise you. How many of you know God wants to surprise you? He doesn't want you to put him in a box. He wants to lift you out of your box. 
and he wants to surprise you. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says this, that God will do exceedingly abundantly above, and this is the Amplified, above all that you ask, think. How many of you think? Anybody here think? If you're not sure, ask the person next to you. Dream or imagine. The Passion Translation says or imagine. Father wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask. So what are you asking? Oh, God, bless me. Give me what I need every day. Is that what you're asking? His Father wants to do exceedingly abundantly above that. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. If you knew what I'm thinking for next year, we have so many leaders from so many countries that are seeking to join us at the moment. And there's all sorts of dreams and imaginations going on for me at the moment. And Father says, I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think or dream. Only if you do dreaming, not daydreaming, because a lot of you do that during the meeting, but <laughs> are you dreaming some dreams? Not, not for what you're going to do, but for what Father's going to do that you can partner with. You see, my privilege is not what I do. My privilege is finding out what Father's doing and then asking him, can I be part of it? And I've lived for years like that. I'm not saying, oh God, I want to do this, bless it. I'm saying, Father, what are you doing and can I be part of it? Because if I can be part of it, I'm already going to walk in blessing because how many of you know whatever Father's doing is blessed? And so if he's doing something and it's blessed, I just want to partner with him in that. And so I want to challenge you. In 2 Samuel 5, we read how David won a great victory. And in verse 20, he declared, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. So he named that place Baal-perazim, which means this, Master of Breakthroughs. Everybody say, Master of Breakthroughs. Come on, God is the Master of Breakthroughs. It's plural. It's not just I break through. But once you break through, guess what? You continue to break through. Whatever level you've come to in your Christian walk, God wants you to break through. And once you break through, he says, I want you to go to the next level and the next level. I want you to accomplish the next thing. You see, revival is going to come to a nation not, not because God will just suddenly sprinkle stardust. Generally, it comes through the church. See, revival is actually for the church. And anyway, I don't want to get into all that now. But, but so it's, it's up to us. If we want to see Father change what's happening in our communities, it's up to us. Now, it's his power, but it's us partnering with him. And so I've spent most of my life, I've been serving the Lord for 41 years now. I was three years old when I became a Christian and became a pastor. <laughs> no, I wasn't. But uh, it's 41 years, and probably for the bulk of those, I've, my, my prayer has been, Father, what are you doing? You might have sung a song that's, that's got these words, open up my eyes to the things unseen. I'm challenged by that sentence. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. What, what's Father doing in the unseen? I want to see it. And then I want to partner with him in doing that. We've seen so many incredible miracles. I could spend hours telling you about the miracles I've seen this year, not just for praying for people, but of provision of whole communities being fed when they couldn't be fed, when there was no money, when crops were destroyed, and Father's done miracles. I want to see what he's up to. And it says here, David says, you are the master of breakthrough. So Father wants us to break through, firstly, to new levels of intimacy with him. Christianity is not about giving uh, just an assent to the God who is. It's about intimacy, about knowing him. I can tell you after 41 years of my ministry, just uh, I'm literally traveling 
going places every week. It's not about the travel. It's not about the ministry. After 41 years, it's become a lot, lot simpler. It's just all about him. And the more I serve him, the more I just want to know him. I often say to him, if you don't want me to preach, if you don't want me to go anywhere, I, I really don't care. I just want to know you. Sometimes I'll sit in my chair and I don't even ask God for anything. I'll just say, Father, I just want you. Just speak to me, minister to me. And out of that intimacy, you see things begin to happen. So Father's wanting you to break through to new levels of intimacy. Break through in health. How many of you need a healing touch? Nobody? Okay, just one. Well, that's, that's quite good. He wants you to break through in that health. I literally, literally was feeling so ill this morning, but I said, Father, I'm preaching on breakthrough. I've got to walk it. I've got, I've, literally, I could barely get out of bed. I felt so ill. Yesterday, I couldn't move. I had to cancel some meetings. But today, I said, Father, I'm preaching on breakthrough. I don't just want it to be a sermon. I want it to be a reality. So I'm even preaching myself into breakthrough here this morning. He wants to bring breakthrough in provision, breakthrough in impact, breakthrough to new levels of connection with Holy Spirit. And I want to share very quickly with you, I'm not going to get through all my points now, so I'm going to just pick a few out here this morning. The way we break through, one of the key ways to break through is to prioritize your relationship with God. That sounds so simple, but it's so profound. Because so many of us, God is just part of the picture. For so many of us, Jesus is just one of the components of our life. I've got my house, I've got my job, I've got my bank account, I've got my Jesus, I've got my... And, and we, we, we're like that with him. But you see, if we're going to break through, we need to prioritize our relationship with Jesus. It has to always be about him. See, my, my, my life is not about my ministry. My life is about him. And he graciously allows me to do what I do. But it's all about him. And he wants us to break through by that new relationship with God. Hebrews 12 tells us that we are to stay focused on Jesus. How many of you remember that scripture? Looking unto Jesus. Another version says, stay focused on Jesus. How many of you know that you can become unfocused? Sorry, I'll have to say it again because some of you weren't listening. Uh, how many of you know that even in a meeting like this, you can be focused on something else? Come on, I've been preaching for 41 years. I, I know what this is about. You can look at some people and sometimes the only reason their head's nodding is because they're going to sleep. <laughs> some of you say, what, what, what? We have to stay focused. It's easy to get distracted by the issues of life. Of course there's challenges. How many of you have got challenge in your life at the moment? Anybody? Nobody? Just Heather and myself? Okay. How many of you know you're probably the challenge anyway? <laughs> it's just a fact of life. Somebody's got to say it. But it's easy to get distracted. You need a healing, so you get distracted by your focus on healing. You need provision, so you now focus on provision. You need some sort of area for God to move in, you focus on that. But the Bible tells us, no, no, first and foremost, focus on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. You see, when you look into him, you're looking to the one who has all the answers. You're looking to the one who's the healer, the prince of peace, the deliverer, the salvation. He's the one. So when you look at him, you begin to see your situation totally differently because you now begin to see from his perspective. You know, this issue of being distracted was brought home to me very clearly one time Heather and I were ministering in Sydney. And um, at the end of the, the morning meeting up there, the pastor said, I want to take you out for lunch. So 
but, but you, uh, I had borrowed my brother's car to, to get to the meeting. He said, uh, just follow me in the car. I've got to take some people home. Now, how many of you know when somebody says, follow me in the car, that can be very simple or it can be death-defying? <laughs> this is one of those death-defying moments because until he got out of the car park, I was right behind him. But then we got onto this, this big road, four or five lanes either side, and he was one of those drivers, and I'm sure none of you are like this, but he was one of those drivers who goes from the inside to the outside and back into the middle and back in the front. How many knows someone like that in this meeting? Just wink at me. Whoa. That was like flashlights going off. Some of you are going... And so he's one of those guys, so he, he would be on the inside and then he'd go on the outside and then he'd cut back in the middle, then back into the and back out. And because I had no idea where we were going, I had to follow him. And so I'm doing the same. That's actually when I found out how friendly they are in Sydney. Because I realized everybody was waving at me. But interestingly, they weren't using all their fingers. It was a new suit, so I waved back with all my fingers. And so we're weaving in and out, and then at the last minute, we're in this outside lane, and he literally cuts across all the traffic to turn left. So I have to do the same, so we waved again. We blessed everybody in the name of the Lord. And uh, so now we're going along this road, and as we're going along this road, we come to a large roundabout. And it's round, yeah, I'm in Australia. Some countries, it's not roundabout. In America, it's circle and other things. But anyway, so we come to this large roundabout, and just at that moment... As we get to the roundabout, my darling wife says, oh, look at that. And because, as the Bible says, husbands submit to your wives. Um, at, least, at least that's what Heather wrote in my Bible. Um, <laughs> so you'll know where I get my theology from now. Whatever Heather says is right. And so I looked. And I can't remember, but it was some sign or something up, up over here. And I looked just for the briefest of seconds, but when I looked back, the pastor had disappeared. So now I'm wondering, is my theology wrong? Has he gone and I'm still here? And so, so I decided I'll just go around the roundabout, I'll keep going straight, and one day he's going to look in his rearview mirror and realize I'm not there, and he'll pull over. And so as we're driving along... And, and I'm just hoping to catch up with him. Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, see how easily you're distracted. And I thought, what a blinking cheek. She made me look and you're telling me off? Get on her case. And I look at Heather and she just grinning. I think, what is that about? She should be in trouble. But it's interesting. Holy Spirit said, you're so, you're so easily distracted. That just... Is, is sort of symptomatic of how you can be focused but then something else over here gets your attention and you lose the plot, you lose your direction. You see, if you become unfocused of Jesus, if you're not focused on Jesus, maybe you're sort of wondering, what's this all about? How's this all going to work out? Why is this? Why is that? How's this? How's that? Well, maybe to deal with those issues, you need to refocus. Focus back on Jesus. Because if you don't focus on him, you're going to lose your way. You're going to not know where to go, not know what to do. I need to keep moving here. We break through by pressing into new levels of praise and worship. It's interesting. I was waiting to see if Larry was going to preach my sermon, so I didn't have to. If he had it done, I wouldn't have preached. It's not a problem. 
but we break through by pressing into new levels of praise and worship. See, praise shifts the atmosphere. Praise shifts the atmosphere. When you praise, you shift your atmosphere. See, if there's challenges and issues and darkness and anxiety and fear and peace around you, don't talk about it. Don't discuss it with everybody. Begin to praise. Because when you praise, you'll shift that atmosphere. You'll change that atmosphere. The issue may still be there, but you'll see it from a different perspective. You'll see it differently. You might have heard of a couple of guys called Paul and Silas. Anybody heard of that in the Bible? There, uh, who's heard of Paul and Silas in the Bible? Eight of you. How many of you have heard of the Bible? Because nowadays we have to be inclusive. <laughs> so Paul and Silas are there, and Paul is preaching his heart out, and there's this demonic, demonized girl that's following him. She's saying all sorts of things, and eventually he gets ticked off. I know how you feel. Sometimes I'm in certain meetings, particularly when we're in front of crowds of thousands and all sorts of demonic stuff starts happening. I kind of get ticked off. I'm not putting up with it. I just deal with it now. And so this girl's following, and he sets her free from all this demonic activity. And as a result of this wonderful miracle and this incredible freedom that this girl brought, the people beat Paul up and beat Silas up and threw him into prison. How would you like that for a love offering? <laughs> Preach your best sermon and get beaten up for it. And they're thrown into the inner prison. Not, not you know, a, a nice comfortable cell with, with the TV and satellite and all the rest of it. Into the dirtiest, darkest, dingiest, smelliest part of the prison. And they're probably unconscious because they've been beaten up quite badly. And as they come round, their first response was what? To complain. Oh God, it's not fair. Oh God, why would you let that happen? Oh God, why, 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 why would you not bless me? Why would you make me suffer like that? What kind of God are you? See, that's how we would probably respond. But their first response was worship. Not complaint, not moan, not whinging. In fact, some Christians call that praying, but I, you know, I have to. See, when you whinge and complain, that's not prayer. Just because you said at the end, in the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs> It's just whinging in the name of Jesus. And so uh, they, they don't complain and they don't moan, they don't whinge. They begin to worship. And, and I'll take some license with this. Uh, see, they were true worshippers. What, what's a true worshipper? They focus on God, whatever's happening. They stay focused on Jesus, whatever happened, even in the time of biggest challenge. Even when you're going through your biggest challenge, your biggest battle, your focus is not on the battle, your focus is on him. And the heart of a worshipper is to worship him, not because he answers your prayer. Your focus as a worshipper is because he alone is worthy. Whether I got my answer, whether I got my blessing, whether I got my breakthrough is irrelevant. He's always worthy. He's always worthy. And so... Uh, I can imagine Paul coming round and he's, he's been unconscious and he's saying, hey, Silas, are you there? Because he can't see him. It's so dark, so pitch black. It stinks. He says, Silas, are you, are you, I'm over here, Paul. What, what, what were we doing just before we blacked out? Well, don't you remember, Paul, we were singing. And we were singing that song that Planet Shakers sing. And it's got words like this. Our praise goes up. Your rain comes down. 
our praise goes up. I can't sing. I was going to sing it, but, you know, maybe the Lord didn't want you to be punished in that way. Our praise goes up. Your rain, which always speaks of spirit, your rain comes down. And so they begin to sing. They begin to praise. They begin to worship. What happens? So how many of you have read that the earth is the footstool of the Lord? Anybody read that in the Psalms? Well, God gets excited because now he's found true worshipers because what did Jesus say? The Father seeking those who will be true worshipers, who will worship in spirit and truth. Not those who worship as long as they get their way, but those who worship even when they don't understand the way. And so they begin to worship and God gets excited, so he begins to tap his foot. Well, the earth is the footstool of the Lord. So the earth begins to shake because he's tapping his foot. And as a result of that, the prison doors come open and they're able to come out of the prison. So you want to get out of your prison. You want to get out of that situation. You want to get out of that anxiety, that, that fear, that, that, that past thing that's still lurking. You want to get out of it. Don't talk about it. Don't whinge about it. Praise God. Because when your praise goes up, the rain comes down. And so Paul and Silas, the prison doors came open, not because they pleaded and begged and complained and moaned and discussed and debated and had theological debate about it, but simply they chose to praise. So that breakthrough came through praise. So I want to suggest to some of you, your breakthrough is going to come through praise. As you begin to praise, you're going to get a breakthrough. You're going to break out of that prison. You're going to break out of that situation, that circumstance that's dark and smelly, and you're going to break into all that Father has for you but it's going to come through praise. Praise shifts the atmosphere. If nothing else, it changes you. It changes your perspective because now you're focused on him. Let me just share one other thing because of the time here. You break through by speaking in agreement with God's word. You want to break through, you need to focus on Jesus. You need to be someone who will praise, choose to praise, choose to praise, even when you don't feel like it. This morning I can tell you Definitely, naturally, I did not feel like praying or praising. I felt like laying in bed. I felt so crook. But I went and sat in what I call my prayer chair, and I began to praise Father. I just sat there and began to praise him. And it shifts the atmosphere. It shifts the way I think. But we need to break through by also speaking in agreement with God's word. Don't speak negatively or agree with your problems. So many Christians speak so negatively. Well, I doubt it will happen. I don't expect too much will happen in this meeting. See, sometimes people say, well, I got nothing out of that meeting. I say, well, what did you come expecting? Nothing. Well, praise God. You got exactly what you expected. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I came expecting nothing. God was good. He gave you nothing. Hallelujah. What a great God he is. <laughs> what did you come expecting this morning? Well, let's get through the meeting, then I can go and do my stuff. But we've got to speak with... In agreement with God's word, don't speak negatively. See, when you speak God's word, you're speaking victory. When you speak God's word, you're declaring overcoming. When you speak God's word, you're declaring breakthrough. I may be ill, but by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I may have something attacking me, but he is the Lord who brings peace. He's the Prince of Peace. There may be a challenge, but thanks be to God who gives me the victory. See, I'm going to speak the word of God. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of your pastor. Oh, no, no. That's, that's another version I've got. <laughs> death and life are in the power of your tongue. Come on, everybody just touch your tongue. Oh, no, it's horrible, isn't it? But 
Death and life are in the power of that. Stop blaming someone else. Stop blaming your circumstance and your situation. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Another version says, with your tongue, you speak life or death. Another version says that with your tongue, you create poison or fruit. Wow. With your tongue, you're creating poison or you're creating fruit. What are you saying? Are you speaking in agreement with God's word? I'm, I choose to speak in agreement with God's word. I don't deny the fact. I don't deny the truth. I'm battling a sickness right now, but by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. There may be a truth that I'm unwell, but there's a greater truth that in him I'm healed. There's always a greater truth. Maybe you've got no money in the bank, but my God shall supply all your needs. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. You've got to speak the word of God, speak in agreement with God's word. There's power in what you say. Speaking of the power of words, I'm just going to take another five minutes and we're done. Speaking of the power of words, I heard of a husband and wife who were getting ready for bed and the wife was standing in front of a full-length mirror. She's taking a long, hard look at herself and she said, you know, dear, I look in the mirror and I see an old woman. My face is all wrinkled. My hair is gray. I've got fat legs. My arms are all flabby. She turned to her husband and she said, tell me something positive to make me feel better about myself. He thought about it for a while and then he said in a soft, thoughtful voice, there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. <laughs> I should say the funeral service for the husband was four days later. But, but he was trying to be positive. <laughs> Didn't quite work out the way it should. But are you speaking in agreement with God's word? Or are you speaking in agreement with your situation? You want a breakthrough? You want to break through? You want to break out? You want to get free? You want to get out of that situation, that circumstance? You need to agree with God's word. You need to speak his word. So we need to focus on Jesus. I've got a lot more, but I need to finish. The time's gone. We need to focus on Jesus. It's all about him. I love it. It doesn't matter where I go in the world. It's all about Jesus. We need to keep our focus on him, whatever you're going through. And we need to be those who will praise. Not because he's blessed you, but despite you haven't been blessed yet. Despite you haven't got your breakthrough. See, one thing I've learned over the years, six years ago I was sitting in front of a doctor just having my annual, I have to have annual tests and vaccinations because I go to lots of different countries where there's all sorts of stuff. And uh, they did some tests, and long story short, I'm not going to get into it now, they called me back and they said, we, we don't know how to tell you, but you've got pretty serious colon cancer. and We're not sure how long you've got left. Now, at that moment, I've got a choice, you see. Is God still a good God? God didn't change because of my situation. Because of a doctor's diagnosis, God hasn't changed. He's still a good God. God is good all the time. It's not a little ditty, it's a reality. He's good all the time. He can be nothing but good. That's his character. He's a good God. And so because the doctors told me something, doesn't change who God is. A couple of years ago, I was preaching in the Philippines to a, a very large gathering of leaders. And in the middle of my preaching, I became seriously ill. I ended up rushed to ER. They said if I hadn't got to ER within that hour, I would have been dead. 
because I contracted dengue, which if you know anything about that, it destroys your blood platelets, and once your blood platelets get to zero, you become hemorrhagic, which means you bleed from your nose, your ears, your eyes, and everywhere else, and you're, that's it. And apparently I had about an hour before I got there. Let me tell you, in the middle of preaching in a, in a conference about healing, <laughs> to be rushed to the ER because you're not well <laughs> is a challenging thing, but God is good. He's always good. And so I made a choice. I'm not going to be distracted from him. I'm going to keep praising him, and I'm going to speak in agreement with his word. So even whilst I was lying on a trolley with four or five different needles and things in my body in Manila, I kept declaring the word because I said, whatever's happening right now, my God is still the same God. He's still the healer. He's still the deliverer. He's still the lover of my soul. He's still the master of breakthrough. And I'm going to come out of this. Yeah, come on, give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. I'm still going to come out of this. So I want to take a few minutes now. We, we, we've got uh, just a couple of minutes left. But I, I want to play a video clip to you with some words and song. And I, I just would love you... We're going to take two or three minutes here, but quickly. If you need a breakthrough and you're saying, I, I need to refocus, I want to just be one of those who's a worshiper, and I want to begin to agree with God's word, and I'm going to believe for my breakthrough. I'm going to invite you to come quickly to the front as we play, guys. Go for it now. Thank you. This song, which is just called Breakthrough, just by this, this guy, it's just all about breakthrough. And we're going to break through. So if that's you and you say this morning, I want to break through, I want to break through, I'm going to believe for breakthrough, come out of your seat right now because our time's gone and I'm going to pray with you and we're going to agree together for you to experience your breakthrough. Hallelujah. Just take another step forward, that's fine. There must be more Just begin to believe for your breakthrough. Come on, right on. Take, take another step forward so everybody can come. He's the master of breakthrough. He's the master of breakthrough. Whatever breakthrough you need, he's the master of breakthrough. He brings breakthrough to your situation and your soul. He wants to take you from where you are, where you've been, into something new. As you give up control, he'll bring your breakthrough. Crashing, look at this. My dreams, my fears are crashing into you. When they crash into him, he's the answer. Let me say this. Jesus is the answer to your situation. Now, what's the question? Start from the answer, not the question. Start with Jesus, your answer. And your question will crash into him. Who is your answer? Who is your breakthrough? Thank you, Jesus. Opens up the impossible. He opens up the impossible. Father, I thank you for breakthroughs today. I just agree with each one right now for breakthrough, for breakthrough. I believe for breakthrough, Father. You know healing, sickness, fear, anxiety, whatever it is that's gripping these lives right now, we speak breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Oh, oh Lord, I thank you. You're the master. Your healing power, if you need healing, just receive it right now. See, Father, strengthen my voice even as I've been preaching. He's the healer. He's the healer. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. It's not mystical. All you have to do is receive. He is the Lord who heals you. He is the Lord who heals you. Receive that healing. Receive that release. Maybe you need a breakthrough financially, relationally, business-wise. Breakthrough from the past. 
Receive it right now. Receive right now. Receive right now. Receive it right now. He's the master of breakthrough. Yes, Lord, thank you for breakthrough. Thank you for breakthrough. We're believing for breakthrough today. Father God, you are the Lord of breakthroughs. You're my breakthrough. But I just need a nebulous breakthrough. You're my breakthrough. I release that right now. I release breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Breakthrough. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Breakthrough. Oh, breakthrough. Lord, bring freedom, bring release. Bring freedom and release in this life, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough, breakthrough. Oh, I thank you. You're the Lord of breakthrough. You're the Lord of breakthrough. Thank you, Father. Thank you. God of breakthrough. My God, you are the master of breakthroughs. You're the master of breakthroughs. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we believe. We receive. We receive. We receive. Just keep receiving. Keep receiving. Don't switch off. Don't switch off. Come on, hang in there. Lift your hands up. Say, I'm receiving my breakthrough. I'm receiving my breakthrough. I'm receiving my breakthrough. I'm receiving my breakthrough. Today, today is my day. Today is my day. Today is my day. Today is my day. This is my day of breakthrough. I'm going to be a true worshiper. I'm going to focus on you, Jesus. I'm going to focus on you, Jesus. I'm going to focus on you, Jesus. You're the master. You're the master of breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Oh, take him, take him, take him. Where he's been into something new. You're the God of breakthroughs. You're the God of breakthroughs. Thank you, Father. You're the God of breakthroughs. Thank you, Lord. We release breakthroughs. We release breakthroughs. You're here bringing breakthrough, breakthrough. Oh, I thank you, my God. Miracles, miracles. You're a miracle-working God. Thank you, God. You're a miracle-working God. I release your miracles into this life. I speak breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Thank you, Father. Just play it again, guys. We've got a couple more minutes. Thank you, Father. I want you to keep receiving, keep receiving, keep receiving. I know we're on a time pressure, but we've got to give Father time here. Receive. As you lift your hand, you're saying, I'm receiving my breakthrough. I'm receiving my breakthrough. I choose to focus on you, Jesus. I choose to worship you. I choose to speak in agreement, not with my situation, but with your word. My situation will change because of your word, because of who you are. You are the master of breakthrough. And even as we're moving quickly through here, as you walk home, as you drive home, as you go about your business tomorrow, that first sign of opposition, that first obstacle, remember, He's the master of breakthroughs. That thing that still lurks on your shoulder, that still whispers in your ear, He, our God, is the master of breakthroughs. You don't have to listen to that. Listen to Him. Listen to His Word. Listen to who He is. He's the master of breakthroughs. Father, I thank You. Would You begin to just take 30 seconds to thank Him for Your breakthrough. Lift Your voice and begin to thank Him. Thank you, Father. Go on, lift your voice and begin to say, Thank you for my breakthrough. 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 
You're the master of breakthrough. You're the master of breakthrough. You're the master of breakthrough. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are the master of breakthrough. Thank you, Father. We don't have to beg. We don't have to plead. We can just come with absolute confidence in who you are. You are a good, good Father. You are such a good God. And you love us in a way that we'll never understand. Father, I thank you for these folk. And I pray not just for the individuals, but I pray for the church. I pray that they shall break through those areas that you want to bring breakthrough. To increase impact, to increase influence. Father, breakthrough, breakthrough. Some of those restrictions that have been over them, we break them off in the name of Jesus. We declare breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. So we thank you, Father. Thank you, you're the master of breakthroughs. Whatever happens this week, you're the master of breakthroughs. Whatever we face this week, you're the master of breakthroughs. Whatever someone says, you are the master of breakthroughs. Whatever the bank account looks like, you are the master of breakthrough. Whatever the doctor says in their, their goodness towards us, you are the master of breakthrough. We declare that. We speak it out. I'd like us to shout out, master of breakthrough. Come on, on the count of three. One, two, three. Master of breakthrough. Come on, once more. Master of breakthrough. Give the Lord a big clap as you head back to your seat. As you head back to your seat, let's continue to praise the Lord and bless him. He's a master of breakthrough.